and welcome back to another episode of Deets with Dita. I'm your host Nandita and today we have a guest back and not just any guest we have hello I'm Michael Kane. <laughs> <laughs> it's me Kingsley hello it's so nice to be back yay oh my god or is it Michael Kane doing a Kingsley impression never know Ooh. Let's maintain <laughs> that we have spoken to each other last time that I was on the podcast. It's been it's been a while. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it, it has. Um, I definitely haven't spoken to you like I don't know a lot. <laughs> How are you doing, Kingsley? Since the last time I'm I spoke to you, of good films under my belt last time, and I'm looking forward to today's today's topic. Very interesting one. I know it is a very interesting topic because I don't know I think over the last like over quarantine I liked not quarantine lockdown right C- coronavirus whatever you want to call it me and you have really gotten into like talking about films and gotten into like watching as many films like yeah. as many of the interesting films as we can right and um mm-hmm. When we talk interesting films, we always have to consider, you know, the main man himself, Christopher Nolan, because he yeah, is. Who else would film people who are complete normies talk about other than Christopher Nolan? <laughs> Literally. Um, so this is like our gateway into maybe talking about like be- not becoming normies anymore. But in order to not become a normie anymore, you have to accept that you are a normie. <laughs> So this is us basically trying to graduate out of being normies. So by doing this, we're going to be talking about what makes Nolan films interesting, because I think I can think of a few reasons why. Um, Comparing some of Nolan's films. um, I mean, I tried to watch as many as I can. But as you know, I had so much difficulty just trying to watch one film yesterday. So, (laughs) so, I mean, I've seen as many as I can. I'm presuming you've seen as many as you can I don't think I think both of us combined we've seen all of them mm-hmm. just a little aside have you watched the two short films no I haven't I only went through Ooh. his but if you've seen the short films then we can have some insight from you about that sure awesome yeah. so I mean there's not much to talk about with them but <laughs> we'll get we'll get that we'll, we'll get, get that, that. <laughs> Um, and we're also going to be talking about what's next for Nolan because, you know, it's always good to think about the future of these, like, directors, whether it be directors, actors, films, franchises, whatever. It's really cool to think about the future, like, where it's going to go. Um, so I thought that was a, Absolutely. It was a good thing to and add to the end. I think just trying to focus on the future is is the best. It, it really ignore is. The I, <laughs> ignore the present. We're looking towards, you know, all the films that are coming out in the future. <laughs> Um, so, and forget the Netflix originals that we're getting at the moment. <laughs> um, so, without further ado, I guess we're ready to crack on with the episode. So, what makes Nolan films interesting? I think this is a really good question, and I decided that I'm going to throw it to you first. <laughs> Absolutely, and this is a question that we have never answered before. Um, And this is definitely not the third time recording this. We've been inverted and we're currently travelling backwards in time to re-record it. Um, (laughs) Now, Nolan films are exceptional. Um, True. I feel feel as though 
when you're ranking films, sort of, it feels like quite a, like a linear, a linear thing. Like you're ranking it out of like zero to five stars or one to five stars, or whatever. Um, but I feel as though with Nolan, you need uh, me. This is me being a math student now. You need at least two axes <laughs> to rank it on. Like I feel as though you need one axis of like technical merit. Like yes, these things are well done. But then you also just need a separate axis of sheer spectacle because so much of what Nolan does is just auditory and visual pleasure <laughs> to watch. Um, so much of it um, because he does a lot of um, stuff in stuff that was very specific there. Um, <laughs> um, a lot, lot of practical is, stuff. Yes. That is, a lot of it is practic- practically done as opposed to uh, using computer generated effects. It's even more visually pleasing when you're watching a truck getting flipped over or a plane <laughs> crashing into a building. Um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting just to. Um, just to take in as an experience. Like, no, no films are an experience as well as just a piece of cinema, I feel. Exactly. And I think that's why people want to go and continue seeing Nolan films. And I think it also plays into the fact that I said interesting. So the question was, like, what makes Nolan films interesting? And interesting can mean, like, positive interesting, or it could mean, like, negative interesting. Oh, because... Yeah, because um, Nolan films are known to be polarising in the sense that people have very different opinions when it comes to Nolan films. They either really love it or they really hate it. Absolutely, or, I think none none more so than his most recent. It, exactly, which yeah. we will talk about <laughs> a little bit more. And I think... Another thing I did want to mention is that Nolan films, I was watching, this is completely me, like, watching a video on YouTube and, like, taking the idea from that person in YouTube. But essentially, the channel's called Thoughtful Film, I think, Thought Film or something like that. Um, They're super cool, you should check them out. But they spoke about, um, not Tenant, (laughs) uh, Nolan films being... Films that you you have to watch multiple times. And I think that adds to the lore of his films. Um, in the sense that the start, as you said, on the axis is like that spectacle, right? You, you're that sensory overload type thing. Like you're feeling everything about the cinema. And then you have your second watch is where you get to appreciate the craftsmanship. Which is really, which is again why I think Nolan films are super interesting in that regard. Absolutely, absolutely. Also, one thing I did want to mention, which is, I guess, the same with all um, Nolan films over... Well, not all Nolan films, like all films by a specific director over a period of time, is that his cinematography and his writing has gotten progressively better, questionably, if you want to talk about it. Some weaker ones. I'm sure that I will get there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but they do they do generally like on an average they're increasing yeah yeah which which i, I mean, appreciate that's not to say that any of his his older films are, are, are bad i think oh yeah second favorite is um third oldest yeah that's i think so 
yeah <laughs> so, so it, it does make sense in a, in a way then again favorite and being of of technical perfection are very very different I'm, that's I'm, I'm also sure we'll get true. There talking about tenet yeah for sure for sure um so if we're done talking about the interesting things about Nolan I just wanted to run a quick few fun facts that I found out about um well not f- like things that I've noticed in Nolan films right mm-hmm. that occur more frequently than other things I saw, I saw quite an interesting um it was a table of just like um of every Nolan film and then like the sort of motifs that you see recurring and then it had like each box filled in of which ones appear in, uh, in which films which was quite interesting yeah, so I probably will mention a few of them. So for starters, we've got the iconic, the one and only Michael Caine. <laughs> I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> a lot of people know that. <laughs> but yes, I, I absolutely love his little cameos. It like gives me, like in the the Nolan cinematic universe, um, I, I am appreciative that Michael Caine continues to do his little recurring cameos. He's an absolute treasure. He I, is. I, oh, protect God. him. <laughs> he protect, he attack, but most importantly, he wasn't going to get the spaceman back. Oh no! <laughs> oh no, spoilers! <laughs> I mean, we didn't say which film, so like, it's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> another thing I absolutely find really interesting when it comes to Nolan films is that there's always quite a few snowy mountains in the mix. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really enjoy it. I think he has, like, a thing for the aesthetic of, like, snowy mountains, which I'm not complaining. I think the aesthetic of them is incredible. Um, so I always get happy when I see them. Um, this, the third thing I wanted to say was he has quite neutral colour palettes in his film. So... Yeah. They're I never... think that sort of that lends itself to a more sort of naturalistic tone. So even when you, you're dealing with these, like, high concepts, like sci-fi... Um, stuff you 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 still feel grounded in the universe you still feel as though you are almost part of it yeah that's true because you see so many films these days like you know just to pick out like the mcu films because they're the most popular right they have like such bold color palettes these days and as much as i love them they don't feel very um I don't know, as you said, they don't feel very gra- they don't feel very real or grounded at, at points. And like I feel like you need that with some sort of um with films because you see so much like saturation in films these days and saturation is the way forward. But sometimes if you just dial it back, it can make a film a lot more interesting. And then the final thing, which I think everyone knows, and if you don't know it, then I think you've been living in a box, is that Christopher Nolan loves to play with the concept of time in his films. Yeah, I feel as though I feel as though Nolan and, and time go together like Tarantino and feet. Oh god. I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> now I have now mm, I don't I don't I have weird image in my head now. This is not great. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that that does definitely make sense. Um, I mean, one is a little bit more extreme than the other, <laughs> I would say. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely the analogy I would look at. Um, and you can you can definitely see um, the start of Nolan's um, sort of not obsession, but in, enjoyment of manipulation of time with uh, one of his short films. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's three minutes long. It's called Doodlebug. Definitely worth. Um, having a look at 
Oh yeah, definitely. I yeah. have. I mean, I I didn't know like b- uh, until you told me. I didn't really know that he did um some short films. So like, I'm intrigued to see them and like see the origin story of Christopher Nolan's like <laughs> obs- not obsession as you said, but like fascination with the concept of time. So I will definitely be checking oh. that out. So you guys should if you haven't already. Um. So I guess that's all I really have to talk about in terms of like what makes Nolan films interesting. Did you have anything else to add? Um, I'm not sure. I I I think this is quite cool from a me perspective. I'm not sure whether it's that cool. But, um, I'm currently part of the same film society that Nolan was when he studied at university, which is that is quite fun. That is and insane. <laughs> Like, actually, that is insane. I am so envious of that. You, When you told me, I was, like, freaking out for you. So, like, that in itself is insane. He, um, he, he visited the society in 2017. So hopefully when, when Ms. Rona leaves, he'll return. And I will get to meet him. And, that and day all. when that happens, can you please invite me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, 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 another thing. I remember, I remember uh, huh? another thing. Nolan's scores are incredible. I mean, they're not his scores, obviously, but the scores of his movies. So uh, a lot of them are uh, by Hans Zimmer. Yes, um, I mean he is a mastermind. And... <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And then uh, Tenet more recently was Ludwig Göransson. That's my butchering of his his name. <laughs> um, so he, I, I'm pretty sure he's done a lot of like work with uh, like rap artists, which I mean that you have that with the plan at the end of of Tenet. What a banger! Um, Amazing song. <laughs> I got my mom obsessed um, for that. I, just, oh, I had another point about scores. That was it. Um, the score from for Insomnia. I think that more people need to add the fact that that Marvel ripped that off. The Avengers theme. I was watching Insomnia. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> the Avengers. How on earth did they get away with that? Oh, I I didn't know that. I mean, we'll get onto <laughs> the fact that I not the one Nolan, well, one of the few Nolan films that I couldn't rewatch at this point was Insomnia. So I didn't know that, but I think, damn, that's pretty crazy because Insomnia came out what like two thousand and. Oh, no, it was early two thousands. Oh. It was, wasn't it? It was, it was 2001, maybe. I'm. Well, Memento was 2000. Mm-hmm. So I think it's oh, 19. 2002, 2002. Oh, 2002. Okay, yeah. Right, uh, it, in Insomnia. Yeah. <laughs> we need to be factually correct. 2002, I was, yeah. Nice. It's a remake of a, a 1997 film, I believe. Interesting. Um, so I'm definitely going to have to get around to watching the original because I've heard it's sort of quite derivative of the original. I mean, nice. The, it's a remake, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. some remakes just decide to throw everything out of the window. So, you know, <laughs> Ghostbusters twenty sixteen, excellent movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I'm gonna look into and see because, um, I mean, Avengers came out like what twenty twelve, so um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess now. We have concluded talking about all the things that make Nolan super interesting. And now we get to talk about um, 
comparing like his films. The films, yeah. yeah. Let's get into it. So we've now spoken about what makes Nolan films interesting. And um, we've just spoken about a few fun facts that I just wanted to throw out there because I, I was a nerd and I really enjoyed finding out these fun facts about him. So now let's talk about the nitty gritty. This is why everyone is here. Everyone listening to this podcast episode doesn't care about what makes Nolan interesting. No, they just want to know our opinions about specific Nolan films. Me, as someone who is a completely irrelevant human, what do I care about? What are my opinions? <laughs> what are my rankings? I know you want to hear it. <laughs> it literally. <laughs> so, um, just a quick spoiler warning. We are definitely going to be spoiling all of all Nolan's of films. <laughs> like, like just, just all of them. So, if you haven't seen, um, like, majority of Nolan's films, I suggest maybe watching them before you listen to this part because it's going to get quite spoiler heavy. But then again, if you haven't and you just want spoilers, I'm not going to stop you from that. And also, Personally, also, I don't like spoilers. If you haven't jumped off uh, yet, I would recommend um, just hopping onto YouTube and looking for at least one of his two short films. It's only three minutes long, called Doodlebug, and it's sort of a, it's a nice little a little intro into seeing um, where where Nolan's mind was back in the 90s and how you can see how that's progressed and um, you can see how sort of the concepts that he puts into specifically time really is his main one um he was even thinking about it back then which is it's, it's nice also confusing yeah. his audience uh this is, this is another concept <laughs> <laughs> that is maintained in Doodlebug. so yeah i would check it out I'm definitely going to check it out because I, exa- I literally will take three minutes out of my day today to watch it because I, I really want to. Um, so, okay, what film do you want to start with? Because, like, there are a lot. And um, I don't know. I feel like, do you want to go chronologically or do you want to go, like... I think if we do go chronologically, um, we will hit on the film that I feel is that we should start on, which is Nolan's most mediocre film, I feel. Um, Ooh, okay. I would say is Insomnia. Right, okay. So, now, I didn't see Insomnia, so I would like mm-hmm. you to explain the premise of Insomnia to me. So, um, oh, I, I, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll hop straight in the spoilers. So, Insomnia um, is a story there has been a, a murder of a teenage girl and they brought this cop uh, from LA to Alaska to solve the murder. And uh, quite quickly, they, f- uh, or at least this detective finds who the murderer is. But um, when he's chasing the murderer, um, he goes to shoot who he thinks is the murderer and ends up shooting his, um, like, his partner, uh, his, like, co-cop. Um, and he he tells everyone that the um, that the person who murdered the girl uh, killed the cop because uh, uh, as a slight aside uh, we're, not, we're not quite sure why but the other cop has like um, launched an inquiry into a previous case because he thinks that something is, has gone wrong and that has like 
set set off. I could say the main cop. I'm sorry, I can't remember their names. I'm not making this particularly. <laughs> um, and so we have uh, throughout the film, it's uh, the person who murdered the girl and uh, is trying to sort of like manipulate the cop into doing what he wants because he knows that he shot the other policeman. Um, and it's not that the film is bad in any way. It's just sort of that it's more, it feels more typical than any any of Nolan's other works. And by saying typical, it means like, I don't know, when, when we talk about typical for Nolan, I feel like it's like a different type of, because you have typical films, right? Yeah. But then if you have a yeah. typical Nolan film, it's still better than, well, I don't know because I haven't seen this film. It's still like slightly better, I want to say, than the average film. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're comparing it to like your bog standard, it's still a good film. It's still an interesting watch. It's really, it's it's obviously it's called Insomnia because um, I sat across a week or six days um, and the cop cannot sleep for that entire time. It's great seeing him go from sort of this, this lively, cheeky, um, played by Al Pacino, uh, like guy, and slowly descending into just sheer, like rage and and confusion. It's it's. I'm doing a lot of large hand <laughs> gest- hand gestures here, which you can't see. I can um, see them. They're very entertaining, guys. <laughs> but I would but say, yeah, that, I mean, um, it's it's worth a watch. But it's not like there's there's no playing with with um, with time or anything. Okay, so we've spoken about insomnia. I definitely really want to watch it now. Um, I'm sad I didn't, but alas, there is only so much a uni student can watch in a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, if you look at my letterbox yesterday, I watched four <laughs> films. <laughs> you know who needs to do day. their coursework. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, okay. So I guess now, if we're doing chronologically, I want to start talking about probably the my most favourite concept, because I have different favourites for Nolan. So I have like my favourite, like the most impactful one to me, my favourite concept, my favourite, like, you know, th- there's just different, there are three basically Nolan films that really stand out to me. And this is one of them. And this is Memento. Oh, I love Memento so much. I um, <laughs> I, I'm really I annoyed that it took it's... me so long to watch it because I um, I watched it right at the start of um, of lockdown, and I'm like, it baffles me how how long it took me to what to watch it. It well, is any genuinely... films, in fact. So I think it was like True. the first the first film that I watched and um, acknowledged who Nolan was. Like I'd seen. Um, uh, the Dark Knight movies. Uh, but I was like quite young. I was like twelve, probably. So I didn't like acknowledge it as, from a filmmaking perspective. I was like, Ooh, Batman, cool. Um, <laughs> but watching Memento yeah. for the first time, it was so impactful. It it genuinely is. I think the reason why I love Memento is because of the concept. The concept is something that. I never would have seen in it, like, I never would have thought I would see in a film. 
Mm. Like it's so, it's so unique. It's so interesting. The only pet peeve I have about this film is the black and white, um, like shift into that filter when it goes into the past. Because I know that in Nolan's newer films, mm-hmm. he he doesn't really do that anymore because he it's just more. You need to try and understand what's going on. Um, in that sense of like, okay, what time period is this? And he like, it's more of a throw you in the deep end. But this one is like the static filters over the specific, like in the past bits, which I'm not too big of a fan of, but it didn't really bother me to the point where I was like, ew, I hate this film. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I found that really interesting how you've got the sort of like, well, I, I've seen the video where he like draws out the sort of like horseshoe shaped uh, progression of the film. You're constantly jumping between, um, the two timelines which then uh, meet up at the end i i, I find mm. that very interesting i i i, 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 I really, contradicts your dislike of that i really i really enjoy that i i <laughs> i'm not saying i didn't like the concept of it i just didn't like the black and white filter yeah oh it's That's literally just the, co- like. the color not not the yeah literally color. just literally the color i enjoyed <laughs> i enjoyed <laughs> i love the concept of this film yeah, like I love the fact that like you go from like the past to like the like I don't know pre- present, but like basically trying to mar- meet up in the middle, which is the end of the film. See, time doesn't work like normally in Nolan films when you try and explain it. <laughs> but essentially, I did really like that part. It's just the thing that bothered me was the filter part. Yeah, <laughs> like genuinely, just the the color scheme. Like, no, I just didn't like it but you know what else i did like about this film what the narration there are very few films that i've seen at least that have narration by the main lead heavily prominent throughout the whole film mm-hmm. and i think i re- it really serves well for this film because of um it's, yeah it's 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 like less the narration itself. and more it's his internal monologue Exactly, which is what I really liked because you want to know what's going on inside his head because, um, like, that's the only way you're going to be able to understand like how he's feeling. Otherwise, it just feels very blanketed. Like at all the time, he's just like, ah, I have this thing, this like thing that means that I can't, I have, I don't create new memories and stuff. Yeah, like it's good to hear what he's actually thinking about and like churning in his head to try and piece together what's going on in the moment which I really enjoyed I, I watched this the second time um, with my mum and she asked well, why why could they not have just told it forwards and I think that's like it's what's so close you could have a film about a guy with amnesia who's just like oh I don't remember stuff um, but what's exceptional is you are discovering things exactly how he is because he doesn't remember what has happened prior you are getting the exact same information coming into you as he is. I like that. That is really cool. It's great. It's exceptional. It is really great. It is really great. So, um, I think one thing that really, I don't know, this is just a random thing. Um, Guy Pearce, I didn't clock for a single moment of that film until afterwards that that was Guy Pearce. (laughs) Like, he looks so young. Iron Man 3. (laughs) literally because i was like guy pierce iron man 3 right like that's that's that dude and then i was like 
what? <laughs> so I was just really confused. Another fun fact. Okay, basically, now Indian films don't really have a great track record for originality. And see, see where I'm going mm. with this. There is an Indian film, a very popular Indian film. No. That basically rips oh, this see whole this. concept. What's it, called? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Gajani. I will send you like Gajani. the spelling and everything of it. And it's a <laughs> it is basically a ripoff of he has tattoos all over his body and um he like it, he's he had his wife was murdered, and he's trying to figure out who the killer of his wife is, and it's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, I see, I see what you're doing. There. Um, and yeah, it's it's so sad because this is not the first time that this has happened. I, I, <laughs> There's just I so many examples. How much I want to watch this film. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, maybe we should watch it together. Yeah. Like it it would be honestly hilarious. But um yeah, that's my fun that's my only fun fact I have about Memento. <laughs> so let's move on. Yeah, I I, um, I will quickly interject that um if we're doing this chronologically, people uh I I don't I don't need to see your your mean comments saying that we missed following. Right. <laughs> Keep the struggle. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I uh <laughs> Here's my little rant. I, I spent so long um, looking for following. I was like, oh, it's just on Amazon, right? Oh, no, Amazon doesn't want to let me watch it. Oh, it's just on Google, right? Okay, Google doesn't want to let me watch it. It's on YouTube. I didn't realize this for days of searching. It's just it's, someone's uploaded it to YouTube. It is 360p, so it's quite irritating to watch. Um, yeah. I, I have not finished it. I started it, um, and then I got a migraine. I, it's, it was not fun. Um, mm. but it's from what I watched, it does seem to be very interesting. Um, it's it's sort of a um a writer who starts following people, hence the title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> um, yeah, I I would I would say from what I've heard, it's it's not like no one's best but it is very good. So now we move on. So because we're doing this chronologically, I want to save time. I'm going to wrap all of the Dark Knight series into one little Mm -hmm. boat. Because I I think talking about them as separate films doesn't really make sense when they are so intertwined with each other. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about the Dark Knight trilogy. So I had trouble watching... The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I w- I'm not gonna get into it. I almost cried. <laughs> I, got I a very like long almost had a breakdown. Video yesterday. It was um, <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> it was an amazing. It was not. I was on the verge. Um, <laughs> you lamenting your troubles with watching The Dark Knight, but <laughs> uh, but I really enjoyed Batman Begins. Mm. Now I thought I had. I thought I had seen all the all the Batman films before, and I probably had, but I just don't remember. Like you know, when you're a kid and you watch something, and then you just have like no recollection yeah, of it at just, all, and then you watch it again, like and you feel like you're watching you it for the first time. Your anterograde amnesia erasing, erasing all the <laughs> That's how it felt like. Yeah. No, I feel that. I, 100% I had a very feel similar that. thing with, um, with, with so... Batman Begins. I watched it when I was little and forgot. 
everything. Mm. <laughs> so I really, really enjoyed Batman Begins. Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I have seen so many incarnations of Batman, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen every possible type. And you, I think you, this is probably... Bat Nipples, George Clooney. I think I mentioned this on the last... I feel <laughs> as though I mentioned Bat Nipples on the last podcast as well. <laughs> I don't know why. But, um, I, I've um, not seen that and I wish I had. I think I have. I, I've... <laughs> oh, no. No. But I've seen... Okay. <laughs> but I've seen majority of them. Yeah. I definitely have seen the George Clooney one as well. Mm-hmm like a long time ago but i think um this is probably my favorite mm-hmm. um and like i think i don't i didn't expect much from christian bale i'm not going to lie but he really is a super good batman and like i enjoyed the fact that this origin story didn't focus to, it did focus on the whole like you know his parents got killed and like um the bat thing like in the cave um but it didn't focus so much on that it focused more on like his training and what I'm always curious about is because Batman is such a skilled fighter such a skilled like trained um fighter and like whatever but I never knew how he trained Mm -hmm right he's got money right but like i'm not gonna assume that he just paid for martial arts classes like on the download that doesn't make any sense right (laughs) but this this really really made me understand him as a person a lot but like batman bruce Mm -hmm. wayne more as a person and i really enjoyed it yeah it's it's definitely um it's interesting that you you see like these characters who generally um in in films are just sort of like Oh, look at this! It's an it's 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 an action character. It's, it's, look at him punch people. Whereas <laughs> you actually experience character, which is is very rare in in superhero films. Um, it is exactly, and this is what I wanted to say as well. I wanted to say that it really did redefine the superhero genre in a way, right? Into that, so this film, Batman Begins, came out in two thousand five. Before that, two thousand three, Daredevil came out, the one with Ben Affleck in it, right? That was trying. I feel like what Daredevil was trying to achieve is what Batman Begins did achieve, and I am just, I am just glad that um, it it managed to do that. And then you go on to the Dark Knight and it's like, okay, you've redefined this to another layer now. And I, I, I so feel like, I, um, but I do... like setting up Nolan to, for, for, for this trilogy, having like his only prior films being following it and something, I feel as though they took, they took a risk and it paid off because these films are incredible. Hmm. Though I have to say, I did not like um, the Dark Knight Rises. I yeah I, okay I, I can I can see uh, yeah I, I <laughs> what's your what's what's your interpretation of, of the ending of Dark Knight Rises? Bro, I look, I just think that I don't like from because I haven't seen this film in a while, right? But I do remember seeing it. Yeah. 
right? And from what I remember of seeing it, I really, really didn't like Bane. Like, I really, really didn't like Bane. A lot. Uh, I gotta say, like, I watched this first um, when I was, like, pretty little. Like, well, it came out in 2012, so I was, like, 10. Um, Maybe 11. Mm. And, like, just that opening plane scene, even, I was just like, ah, me not like you. But then watching it again, I was like, Bane is, is, I feel, a pretty pretty decent villain, I, I think, at least. I think if you the, the the issue that I had with Bane is that you have such an iconic villain mm-hmm. like the Joker in the Dark Knight, and then you try and follow it up with yeah, Bane. Like, he said his Joker is oh, oh it's so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's actually psychotic, and I admire his acting mm-hmm. so much for it. But then again. Bane really sending 2020 vibes. <sighs> no one cared who I was till I put on the mask. <laughs> okay, that's the only credit I will give Bane. <laughs> he predicted the future. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think in my ranking for this trilogy would 100% be The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, but they're very close to each other. And then it would be uh, the Dark Knight yeah, Rises. I'm 100 with you there. Mm. Because I think I don't know as much. I uh, maybe I need to rewatch like like my age now. Rewatch the uh, the Dark Knight Rises and maybe get some a uh, different opinion about it. But right now I'm very much like I I don't care for it too much. Um, mm-hmm. like it's not particularly one of my favorites. I think that um, like. It's so, more of a, a of a like nostalgia attachment that I have to Dark Knight Rises. I, I like I watched it when I was little, and I rewatched mm. it when I was like fifteen. And I was like, oh yeah, this is lit. Um, <laughs> I feel so if I were to to rewatch it now, um, it I I'm not sure if it would hold up quite as quite as well. Okay, well, this is a perfect time to segue to the Prestige. <sighs> I. I really like the Prestige. I think it's probably my third favorite Nolan film. Interesting. We've got some Michael Caine in there. Tell me more. He's incredible. Um, uh, yes. The attachment that, like, I held to like every character in that, yeah, was great. I gotta say, I did. I I sussed the ending. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't know how I ma- I don't <laughs> know how I managed to sauce it, but I sussed it like right at the start. Um, when like when they pulled the the bird, the like the bird in the cage, and the kid was crying. It's like what bird is prison? I was like, oh shit, that's that's important. That's important, and it was. <laughs> Man, I mean, I think I loved this film because I didn't know anything i always say this and i like this i like to go into a film not knowing anything about the film mm-hmm. right like bare minimum about the plot same. so that i can be surprised right um and i went into this film only knowing that christian bale's in it and hugh jackman's in it uh also hugh jackman greatest showman was not the first time he was like a <laughs> showman slash magician yeah, type person yeah. 
it was this film and I was shook I was like oh my god wait <laughs> he's actually he, this was his origin story <laughs> um as like a showman but um I really enjoyed it because as with all great Nolan films there were amazing twists and turns in this and I did not I I kind of sussed the child thing like I kind of did that it was that was his um daughter Mm -hmm. but like still a lot of this film really had me on my toes I was like yeah what is going on what is happening Um, there's probably a lot of people that watch and once they get to the like Tesla stuff they're like oh this is stupid but I feel as though like with Nolan films you you don't need to question the laws of the the universe that you're watching (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, mm. especially rings true I feel with, with, with Tenet um, which we'll, we'll get to but... I I definitely did not expect the whole Tesla thing mm-hmm. I was so confused when I like genuinely I was confused when I was watching that bit I was like huh what's going on here like what is actually going on here and then the more I watched it the more I was like oh okay 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 like fine i accept that this is the laws of this universe i just love how like your perspective shifts from from the beginning to the end like you've got this like clear image of like okay these are these are the things that i know it's almost like you've you've got like mental memento tattoos like okay these are the things that i know are true and then just slowly go slowly they get crossed off like okay no that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong um and i think that happens quite, quite a lot in in with Nolan and I I love that yeah I definitely think the prestige for me was a dark horse Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't expect much of it and then when I watched it I was like oh okay 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 I see you I see you I definitely will be re-watching it like I I only watched a couple months ago but it's already back on my watch list for I need to see this again I I definitely want to watch it again I feel like I would appreciate a lot more if I watched it again yeah as, as I said before, multiple watches of Nolan films make Nolan films a lot more appreciated. <laughs> okay, so now I want to talk about, I guess, my first Nolan film that I really paid attention to, mm-hmm. which is Inception. 2010's Inception. Oh, this, this gets top spot. Now... This is the number one for me. Does it? Ooh, is this top? Ooh, okay, okay. Um, so for me, this film really like showed me because this is the first film, as you said, like I actually paid attention that this was Nolan, mm-hmm. right? And like um, I appreciated it for its film, like craftsmanship as well, right? And I watched this, and I genuinely was so in awe of it, and I was i was so annoyed at myself that i'd never seen yeah. this film yeah. like before and like i just felt like ah why have i not like where has this been my entire life you know mm-hmm. and i i just think it was incredible it really was and i think this for me is a very impactful film for me it's like my second most impactful nolan film um because this film shows a lot of filmmakers what is possible with CGI rather than just explosions. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Like, I think a lot of people are thrown in this box that CGI is just explosions or, like, uh, blowing up buildings or, like, whatever, like, ammunition, like, fighty firepower stuff, right? Um, and Michael Bay. <laughs> it's so Michael much... Bay, I think <laughs> the, the yeah, general. so, yeah, that's a, that's a... That is a perfect example, yeah. So, like, CGI is basically, like, a Michael Bay film. But... CGI is so much more than that. And I think Inception really does show you that there is so much more that you could do with CGI yeah. if you really, really put your mind to it. Yeah. Right? And, like, I don't know. Like, this also was a, around the time... I don't remember when Avatar came out. Did Avatar come out in 10, Ooh, 2010 as well? 2009. Um, but I'm probably wrong. <laughs> but, like... It was it was a similar era to when Avatar was coming out and when like Inception and like I feel like a lot of people give um, Avatar so much credit for being like a film that shows you what you can do with CGI, right? Yeah. But that's like creating a whole new world with CGI, right? You're creating like a whole new yeah. environment in a way, and that for me still feels like the generic way you would use CGI, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, Inception, you're taking, you're putting it in real world. Mm-hmm. So you're actually putting it in the world that we know and bending the rules so much, which is why this film really, really, really makes me excited because I love CGI. Yeah. It's something that I want to do and like go into. And this is why it's just so like impactful mm-hmm. to me. It makes me so happy when I watch this film. <laughs> How many times have you, have you seen it? I've only seen it once. You've only watched it the once? Okay, okay. Yeah, it... Can you understand, like, if a film can give you that much of an impact, right, after only one viewing, mm-hmm. I think it says a lot about the film. Yeah. And I definitely am ready to rewatch it because I was waiting a little bit because I didn't want to rewatch it too soon and get bored of it. Mm-hmm. But... I am definitely going to rewatch that and I am going to like just be in awe of it again. Yeah. So, I mean, the first time I, I saw it properly, so like I feel as though throughout, like, because this is 2010, I feel as like throughout um, sort of my, my secondary school years, I, I was like constantly hearing through the media, oh, like, like jokes about, oh, not understanding Inception. I was like, I need to watch Inception. And I kept on like going to watch it and then not, and then like, I got to. I went to watch it with my mum one time. She's like, "Oh, I'm not going to get this." Um, so I like, turned it off. And then again, start of lockdown. Um, I just watched Memento, and I was like, "Okay, I should watch Inception," and I did. And yes, I was really blown away the first time, but um, I think when it really hit me that I adore Inception so much was second viewing, and I went to watch it in IMAX um, for the tenth anniversary, and Oh, it's so again I, I i feel as though i got the the technical merit axis um on the first viewing but then the spectacle axis came in on the second viewing and i was like okay this is incredible and then also it's so impactful just watching um uh leo caprio's castle's name no pop pop um like seeing it as a character study of cop, it's just ah, oh, oh, it's 
this film is and the ending the and the ending like this is Heston Blumenthal food of movies <laughs> oh the ending though was like insane oh yeah oh yeah I still get I still get frustrated about the ending. Oh. But like I like the fact that it makes me frustrated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I like the fact it gives me that frustration. Yeah. So quickly before we move on from Inception, I just want to say a big thank you to the host of Future Beta for uh gifting me on my birthday with the uh like working script for Inception because I cannot wait to rewatch the film. Uh, I've already read the script once, but I can't wait to watch watch the film again and be reading along. Um, yes, I did. I did get you the the Inception um yeah script. I was like, where is this going? What is happening? Why am I being? Why am I being? I was so concerned for a second. Feel free to not keep this um, in the episode. This may make the bloopers real. Hello, bloopers. <laughs> No, you know what? It's staying. Just because you said that now, it's staying. <laughs> um, so I guess now is a great time to move on from Inception, even though it is a beautiful film and we could talk about it forever. And we're going to move on to Interstellar. Hot take. I'm not a massive fan of Interstellar. Interesting. Tell me more. <laughs> so... This was the one that I was talking about um, when I said the first time I watched it, I really, uh, I really liked it. Um, I was like, "Whoa, wow, this is this is awesome!" Like, there are things in this film that are gorgeous. This is a gorgeous film. Um, like, snowy mountains, snowy mountains, snow, snowy, snowy mountains, snowy mountains. <laughs> yeah, the whole of uh, the, the mountains, and then it's actually a wave. Oh, that's incredible the docking scene is like the classic one that everyone talks about but um it feels like from a visual perspective uh, just a sensory perspective this is a great film i would have loved to see it in uh in the cinema but i was a little child <laughs> fun fact um, do you want to know a fun fact fun fact go <laughs> this was actually one of I think I saw this Nolan film in cinemas when I was oh, twelve wow. years old. <laughs> so my parents. So the thing is, my parents have always been super into films, and I think that's why I've become super into films. Because I every weekend, like every Friday, Saturday, I'd always be at the cinema, like guaranteed. And I absolutely loved it. I enjoyed it. But twelve-year-old me, this is where I'm pissed off. Right, I am pissed off at twelve-year-old me. Yeah, twelve-year-old me. You did not remember any part of this film other than the bloody, I was going to swear, but I stopped myself, other than <laughs> the bloody ending. <laughs> yeah. Right. All I remembered was the fact that he was the one who was communicating, right? So yeah. when I rewatched this film, which was basically me watching it for the first time because I have no memory of it because 12-year-old me, what are you doing, Right. I was just like, well, I know, I know, I know that it's him. But having mm -hmm. said that, I definitely was really engrossed in this film when I rewatched it. So I rewatched it like a couple of days ago. And I think, I think the thing that really gets me about this film is that, as you said, it's a very sensory overload film, right? Mm -hmm. So like when I watched it again, which was basically me watching it for the first time, it felt like, 
like I couldn't move. I like genuinely, yeah. I didn't yeah. want to move. I didn't feel like I wanted to move because I was so tense and I was so on edge. Like at every moment of this film, normally. I'm really bad and I do look at my phone sometimes when I'm watching a film. If it's a really crappy film, I will I will look at my phone, right? This film, my phone was not touched once because I was so invested and so Same. intrigued to try and dissect what is going on in this film. Especially and I think it's that a for long me... film to, to keep it, it definitely kept me engrossed for the entire runtime. Um Exactly. I I, I have issues though. <laughs> Okay, go issues, for it. I want to know your issues. Kind of, Let's go. They come with with just character. I feel as though there's there's not like a single character that's either consistent or that I like. <laughs> they, Michael Caine. It's like Venn diagrams. Okay, uh, okay, Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> I love Michael Caine. Even like even then, I'm not sure if it's like. Okay, yeah, actually, I think he is quite a good character. But, <laughs> it, um, I'm not sure, I, I don't want to blame Nolan if he had a different writer write Anne Hathaway's character. Anne Hathaway's character is not a good character. Um, <laughs> like, and then, oh, I think I think the big irk for me is that I, I felt really invested in, oh, what's the main character's name? I cannot remember. Matthew McConaughey, isn't it? Isn't it? Is, is, um, it's Matthew McConaughey's character. What is his like... name? Hold on. What is his name? <laughs> I want to know this now. But the dad. Let's call him the dad. Um, the dad. <laughs> I was like super invested in his character. And then at the end, right, after like, the whole thing is that he Coop. regrets leaving Coop. his daughter. Coop. He regrets Coop. leaving his daughter. And then he just leaves her at the end. It's like, what? No, no. <laughs> Why? Why would no? It was not consistent, but I remember the name is Coop. Coop. It is Coop. Yeah, it was Coop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, I feel as though, like, literally, as soon as you find out about the ghost, it's like, okay, that's Matthew McConaughey. It's like, sort of, like, I feel as though that's one of the few. I'm just like okay, you immediately know what's what's coming. Mm. And it's sort of like you just jump, you jump from, uh, like, like set piece to set piece, and it's like, sure, these are all great, but I don't really care about why, and I feel as though that's kind of an issue. I think that is an issue. Yeah. What? I, I don't know. I think. Even... I think. I think the whole point, though, it is an exceptional film, but I think the whole point, I think if you were to watch this in cinema, you would, uh, it would be a lot different because what, what it wants, what I feel like it's trying to do is trying to establish this ghost, right? Mm -hmm. And then it wants you to forget about the ghost for like the whole other portion of the film where they're going to the different like planets, right? Only to re visit the pack uh the point of the ghost and then have that big reveal which would work if you're watching it a for the first time b in cinema and c you didn't have spoilers for it right about that last bit so yeah it would it would have worked and it would have been better if you watched it in cinema but i feel like 
rewatchability for this film is where it you kind of you start to see that on the two dimensional axis it's more of a spectacle than it is um mm-hmm. in terms of quality. Yeah, I I I, I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, if we have nothing else to say about inter so I'm gonna bloop 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 bloop. And now it means that we are going to talk about Dunkirk that I didn't forget. There was no cuts there. This is a a continuation from the prior segment. Dunkirk. I really enjoyed Dunkirk. Um, I didn't appreciate it anywhere near enough on the first viewing and then sort of second, third. And I think I may have probably watched it four times. Um, (laughs) It's just, oh, it's incredible. It is Absolutely incredible. See, here's my issue. And the issue's not with Nolan, it's with me. Um, Mm -hmm. War films really don't appeal to me very well. Like, it's very (laughs) difficult for someone to make me like a war film, right? Having, Having said that, I do think for me this film deserves a rewatch. Because when I did watch it, again, I did not appreciate anything like cinematography and like any of the, you know, the artistry behind it rather than just like the acting and like the plot. You know what I mean? Like I didn't appreciate anything beyond that. And to me, war films all feel the same. So acting and plot felt very like samesy for me. But... I think this film for me deserves a rewatch because I will be able to appreciate the... Because I do think this film does a lot of good cinematography from the clips that I've seen like on YouTube mm-hmm. again, like when when watching a few things. Like, I think Nandita now would be like, past me, what were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I think also what's so impressive is like, there's so much movie in this movie but it's only like an hour and a half long um is it yeah it like it that's surprising feels for a longer film, I can't but lie. not in a bad way like i mm. feel like um like something like or oh, what's a long film that feels long devil all the time devil all the time feels long right? yes yes um, it does and that's i mean that's because it, it it's not actually that long. It's only like what two hours, ten minutes, but it felt like sort of like three hours. It felt like something like The Irishman. Um, it was it's a lot. <laughs> like Dunkirk feels like it feels longer than it is in such a good way because it, you've got so much um, content, <laughs> and but I I find it so so interesting how you have got the three different timelines, which then again sort of uh, meet up. I mean, um, we love that with Nolan films. Yeah. We absolutely love it. Well, I think Dunkirk... Um, I don't know. I think it does deserve another rewatching for me. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, think I think that's all the, I really... The criticism that doesn't come from me, it came from my uh, my granddad. Um, he said that Dunkirk was too loud. It was not accurate to the war because <laughs> it was too loud. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, Nolan has the famous... So like I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, it's it's annoying though. So, like, I haven't seen many 
great criticisms of Dunkirk. Like I've seen ones that was like, oh, the um, oh, what's it? The like, um, the markings or not the markings, the like label on the train is like wrong or something. It's like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Like, uh, oh, it's. I, I think I really people like to. I feel like people like to be picky about films mm-hmm. like this, especially when you've got a director like Nolan. They really like to like dissect every single set piece, every single line, every single like thing about it because it's an acclaimed director. So, but I feel, I feel like, like people need cut. to de- detach from that like so much. Otherwise, it just gets plain out like, I don't know, you can spend your whole life criticizing stuff and then just never appreciate the actual media that has been yeah. presented towards you. I, I think that Dunkirk is a great way to get sort of your average movie cover into Nolan films because mm, yeah. you've got all of those sort of like clapping Nolan elements like playing with time but in a setting that people are used to seeing um, sort of shown through film mm. which is like yeah. war films. For and sure. It's It feels, I, I feel like the only like Okay, the one valid criticism that I have heard is sort of like the sense of scale. I feel is a bit off. You don't feel like there's like enough people, like because it was like what hundreds of thousands of people, and you don't sort of get that sense of scale. It's quite an intimate film. Um, mm. Like even when you, you get to like shot in the end with the plane like flying over, like you see like an area of, of the beach. Um, it sort of it still doesn't quite feel large enough, but then, as I say, it's like it's quite a short film. It's quite a an intimate film with um again I'm terrible with names. The guy from uh from Bandersnatch, isn't it? Um, oh yes, yes, that's it. Yeah, um, his performance is just so he's so endearing. Like you just want to be like you can you can do this. Come on, come on, you can do this. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel that. Yeah, I just, I think it's inevitably that like this is going to draw comparison to other war films, and mm. it's, I I saw that you recently watched 1917, right? Yes, I did. Well, you recently logged 1917 on the on this book. Uh, this I is feel true. Like this is so much better than 1917. Like first time I watched. Now this is the thing. Was... This is the thing. This is the thing. Right. This is. I I didn't know whether I was going to mention it. With <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention this, right? Because I know your feelings about 1917. But basically, I watched it yesterday because it's now available on Prime and I was like, wow, free mm-hmm. film. I'm going to I'm going to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um and I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Now, this is the thing. I was like, why am I enjoying a war film? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, cuz to me I genuinely really like it's the one genre where it's like really difficult for me to like enjoy yeah. it. So I was confused as to why I enjoyed this film as much as I did. So then I was like, well, Dunkirk, Dunkirk, I didn't enjoy. But if I enjoyed 1917, surely I must have enjoyed Dunkirk as well. So mm-hmm. now my mind is like, I need to rewatch Dunkirk before I can validly compare. 1917 and Dunkirk because right now I only have my memories of Dunkirk when I watched it for the first time in the cinema and I was like what 
that film came out in 2016? That sounds right. Um, so I was like 14. I didn't, I cared about superhero films back then. Like, I, <laughs> I didn't care about, like, I didn't care about, um, like, war films. So I guess I didn't appreciate as much as I did then. So, Bro, how like, did I say 20? <laughs> I was 15. I still was peak like Marvel back 16, then. Oh, 16-year-old six, Kingsley. What movies did he like? Probably Chicken Little. Um... You still like Chicken Little, so don't come at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel as though um, like I went into to Dunkirk. Okay, sorry, I came out of Dunkirk. I was like, yeah, that was fine. Um, and then over time, like I've grown to adore it. Whereas 1917, I came out and I was like, oh yeah, that was really good. And then the more I like thought about, it, I was like, is it though? It's, it's not. It's not. I feel like I'm gonna. I feel like I am about to embark on that journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, wish me luck. <laughs> <laughs> We're going on an adventure. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but overall, I think Dunkirk, for me, I'm really excited to rewatch it. A lot of this is a lot of this is me just like, I'm going to rewatch this and I'm going to enjoy it probably more. Yeah. Which I think, I think people need to acknowledge. This is a thing that I want to just put out there. People need to acknowledge it's okay to not like a film to begin with and then completely change your mind after a second viewing. I feel like oh, people yeah. have a lot of stigma around not just like um, watching a film, but also like just in general changing your opinion on something is yeah. something that's seen as quite like, oh, we shouldn't do that. And oh, it's quite wrong. And it's like, oh, it's quite weird. But it's completely valid to change your opinions on it. I am it's constantly going like through my letterbox and like changing my scores for films. When, when I think about it, it's like okay, yeah, I I enjoyed that at the time, but these elements may not quite be as good. Or I thought that, mm. like I didn't notice this element on until a repeat viewing and stuff. It's like yeah, this is it's. Just, I just I like the fact that. As film watchers, we are able to do that. And I strongly urge more film watchers to be like that. Don't be closed in this box where, like, for example, the biggest example I can think of is, like, DC, right? All Marvel Mm -hmm. fans, like, stereotypically hate DC films. But for me, I'm like, well, DC haven't performed well in films at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. But their upcoming films look so good, and I'm willing to give them a chance... Mm-hmm. I think so, also a big thing is like not feeling as though your opinions about film are wrong. Um, mm. Like you, you are perfectly entitled to to having opinions on on any film, no matter what those opinions are. Like you might think that Sharkboy versus Lava Girl is a cinematic masterpiece. Um, I'm not saying that that is my opinion, but. <laughs> um, but like, I think that definitely you're 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 allowed to have opinions about about films. I sometimes I feel bad about like disliking Interstellar, but also like if if I'm able to perceive problems with it, then like I'm able to have an opinion about it. So. Exactly. I think sometimes I feel a little bit subjective, like um, sub. I don't know what the right word I'm looking for is, but I feel a little bit more, I feel like I get like that sometimes in terms of um, 
I want to make sure that this review feels like what the general population yeah, you, like. You want I want to, try to make and sure objectively, but then also you're gonna have opinions. <laughs> this is true, yeah. So like it's it's just it's a weird one, but I'm I'm learning to maybe start being a little bit more assertive with my film opinions because for sure, for sure. you know, it's it's something that we all should do. Having said that, we're now going to move on to a very polarizing film. <laughs> Or probably the most polarizing Nolan film. And I'm very excited that we got to watch this for the first time together. <laughs> together, it was great. Um, it was so good. Bonding moment. We saw it at 4.20 in the afternoon. That was <laughs> lovely. We are full of iconic things. So let's talk about Tenant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... So I think Tenant is the perfect example of a film that benefits from multiple viewings, yes, right? Absolutely. Out of curiosity, before we get into it, what would you, what is your like, um, your rating of this film? Um, out of five uh, stars. Out of five stars, yeah. Out of five, Michael Caines. <laughs> How many Michael Caines out of five? <laughs> okay, I will give it. Okay, so my letter... Let me have a look at my letterboxed uh, rating for it. Um, because I think it's changed over the time because I did rewatch it and I was like, hmm, hmm. Um, but I I want to say it was four Michael Caines out of five. Four Michael Caines. Yeah, four Michael Caines. <laughs> I can't do accents. <laughs> that was really bad. I apologise. <laughs> I'm Michael Caines. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> So bad. Uh, okay, uh, I'm, okay, I'm at a four and a half. Um, oh, I'm at a four. I'm at a four. I, yeah. I would love to give this film a five, but I feel as though that there are technical issues which do not allow me to give it a five. Yes, a hundred percent. So, I mean, okay, what did I think? What did I think about this film? I think that this was a bloody spectacle. I think that when watching it for the first time with you, I think we were just so in awe after we were like stayed back after everyone had left and we were just like yeah. freaking out Jab- because of jamming how... to Travis Scott's The Plan, which trying is... to compute what on earth we just watched. Literally. <laughs> Like, it was incredibly, like, it was just incredibly enjoyable to watch, right? Even though it was, like, very confusing um, at parts at the best of times. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I don't know, I think this constantly pushes and pulls you to understand mm-hmm. this complex. Like, as I mentioned before, like, this is a typical trend in Nolan films, right? It pulls and pushes you to try and understand a concept, but it never slows down for you, right? Yeah. Which is what I love. I don't want the filmmaker to assume that I'm dumb and I can't understand Mm -hmm. what's going on. I'd rather you throw everything at me at the pace that everything is happening at, right? And expect me to keep up. I like that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't like that, which is why a lot Uh, of people give this film are really yeah are like completely not um so it's very much a marmite film i think this is this is christopher nolan's marmite film you will either really really love it or you will really really hate it 
It's also sort of the most Christopher Nolan of the Nolan films. This is You've true, yeah. I saw, I, saw, I saw quite an amusing, like, checklist. Um, and it, like, had, like, all of the films listed and then, like, all of the, like, different elements. And Tenet ticks, like, so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Almost all of them. Exactly. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention about this film is that I think this film is a, a lot more than just um, a lot more than just a film, right? And yeah. this is going to sound super cliche and super dumb, right? But I'm going to say it because this is, this is what I think this film is trying to do. Right now, it's no, it's no surprise that like everything's really weird and messed up at the moment, right? And cinemas are really suffering. <laughs> the world has gone nuts, and cinemas are suffering a lot, right? So Tenant comes along, and this film would not be the same if I watched it on my TV or on my laptop. It oh, just wouldn't. Yes. Um, it wouldn't be the same. Viewing, I was at the the BFI IMAX. Um the largest screen in Europe and oh, I, it was such a just I, I literally lost for words because the screen it, it fills most of your field of view I was sat in the back row and like even then and just it's pure just sensory overload I think is like the best way to describe it it's mm. yeah it's and I think Ludwig Göransson's I... score is impeccable. I <laughs> I am like walking around town centre, <laughs> just like picking up bubble wrap while listening to to um to seven four seven. Just bang bang bang. It's 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 great. <laughs> it is it is really great, and I think um I think because of the way it impacts people when you go and watch it in the cinema really shows you that cinema isn't a dying thing like I don't think cinema is dying yet though it does feel like it is at the moment I don't think we should lose hope because there are certain films and certain forms of media right the um artists because filmmakers are artists in a way want to present right um that you just can't achieve you literally can't if you are um, watching it on a TV or a laptop screen or a phone screen, yeah, you just can't. I feel like um, if, when I like look back in like ten years' time, uh, what uh, looking at all the films I've watched in in my youth, uh, what <laughs> what the most impactful one is, I feel as though Tenet is the one that really cemented that there is so much that you can achieve with cinema. It this is no exactly. Like, Dinner for Schmucks. That film is abysmal. I want to put that out there. <laughs> this is <laughs> exceptional in in that you can build a world that it. Oh, I just love it so much. I really. Do. <laughs> this is how I feel. I'm like internalizing everything right now because I'm actually gonna fangirl, and I think you know, <laughs> I I don't I don't think this is appropriate for this episode, but. Yeah. It is my most impactful Nolan film as well, purely because this is the first Nolan film that I fully remember 
going to see in the cinema because there's others that I have yeah. seen in cinema but I was too young to appreciate or understand that this was a Nolan film so this was the first one I saw in cinema right this was the concept I absolutely loved it even though there were significant holes in it I still enjoyed the concept so much right yeah, and the like, experience there's there's issues with the sound mixing everyone knows there's issues with the sound mixing it's annoying yes. everyone sounds like Bane all the time but yes <laughs> like there are so many, like, I, I, I could happily sit here and ramble for another hour about all, all of the things I enjoy. I think that, I think one, like, even though it's such a, like, small scene, the fight scene in the kitchen is, like, poor. I, d- I don't know why that one specifically, like, really hits me. But, like, it's so, it's so interesting because, like, um, you've got all these, like, yeah, there's such like high concept stuff going on with with the uh, the inversion, but just that one. And this is where I disagree with a lot of people, like saying that the characters are terrible. I think even though it's a fight scene, that character that that scene shows like what the protagonist has. Is that a stupid naming choice? Probably, but let's ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> like, man's got guts, you know. <laughs> I yeah. I just I also want to appreciate John John David Washington. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, he yeah. genuinely mm-hmm. so good. Like so I good. genuinely think he is. I've I've seen him in the Black Klansman. I've also seen him in this, mm-hmm. and I just think I want to see him in more stuff. Like give me more yeah. John David Washington content. He is incredible. This this film has got a few of um like. I feel as though, like you look at actors like I don't know, like George Clooney and Colin Firth, and like who are going to be the like George Clooney's and Colin Firths of our time? I feel like John David Washington and especially Robert Pattinson. Robert uh, Pattinson, yes. Oh, I love Robert Pattinson. Like his performance in this is so good. Um, it is really good. Not from the air. Don't be so dramatic. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Oh, he's so cool, man. So cool. <laughs> I just, I think Tenant as a whole, I appreciate that film so much. And I think more people should just stop being complaining. Like, just stop trying to pick out, like, yeah. the most minute details of a film to knock it down so much. When mm-hmm. this film does a lot achieving more than something. just... It is achieve Yeah, exactly. It's achieving so much more than just being... A blockbuster film because it's not it's not performing well at the box office at the moment like because of the whole covid situation right which is very unfortunate because i feel as though it is very unfortunate <laughs> this needs to be seen by more people but i think that's the point i think after people the people who are like feel comfortable enough going to the cinema and watching it mm-hmm. are watching it and saying this is an incredible cinematic experience it's helping people appreciate the fact that going to the cinema is such a such an experience. Mm-hmm. And with that, I feel like we're done with comparing yeah. the Nolan films. That was all of, a lot of films. Uh, a lot of it was a lot films. of films. And into sell up? No, I'm kidding. I I, I like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. No, it's great. It's it's really good. And I'm I feel like 
now is the best time to talk about future for Nolan. So let's get into Absolutely. it. What is next for Nolan? Now, Oscar? <laughs> Please. Yeah, I honestly, um, or this is not going to get nommed. <laughs> let's face it. You don't think this is, you don't think Tenant's going to get nommed? I think it might get nommed for ooh, original score, maybe. I hope it does for score. Um, the thing is, right, there is not a lot of films that have come out this year that scream to me best picture right um mainly because best picture films normally come out towards the end of the year and it's like a whole thing it's a targeted thing but we're in film festival season at the minute so i'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of that like there's a few films Mm. that i'm really annoyed because i um i i was hoping to go see at least one film during london film festival and i saw none same I mean, I wanted to, but alas, I wasn't in London, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we also do. On that, um, uh, any any young people watching this? Anyone between the ages of sixteen to twenty-five who is uh, around London? I would recommend signing up for the BFI uh, young people tickets. You can get tickets for the BFI uh, South Bank for three pounds, and you can see any film that's on there at any time for three quid. So I would recommend that. I mean, to yes. <laughs> BFI is incredible. It's an incredible mm-hmm. cinema. You should definitely check it out if you haven't been there before. Uh, it's definitely on my list of places to go. So, um, yeah, I think an Oscar, I do really think there needs to be an Oscar for Nolan in the future. Otherwise, mm-hmm. what's the point? <laughs> yeah. And But I feel like it's going to be... because. As I like to always say about the Oscars, they give the awards to the right people at the wrong time. Um, this I'm is just so, a I'm thing that very, I... very annoyed that um, Adam Sandler was snubbed for Uncut Gems. But um, I can't remember what award <laughs> ceremony. He won Best Actor at another award ceremony. Um, and go and watch his uh, like acceptance speech because it is so funny. <laughs> I mean, I I am ready to see that. I have not seen that, but I really want to. Um, so, what year do you reckon we're looking to see another Nolan film? Because we had what well, we had Dunkirk twenty seventeen. Um, what was before before what? Ten. Was Interstellar. Uh, it was, it was Interstellar. It was Inter. Yes. So, if if we're looking at that three year thing, maybe with COVID pushed back a year or two, so maybe twenty twenty four, we might get a new one. I can't wait that long. <laughs> I can't wait that long. I think Nolan is probably like knowing all filmmakers at the moment and film writers, they're all churning out like different script ideas because they have the time to be doing that type of stuff. So um, it won't it won't surprise me if they're not like churning out some like really awesome epic ideas and like refining them and stuff. Like yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if Nolan is doing that. And I think, um, sadly, I think we might not see Michael Caine in the next film. This is just a hypothesis. Um, they're gonna I really need to don't do want that to be testing. true. But um, the last line that is said by the protagonist to Michael Caine's character in Tenet is goodbye, Sir Michael. I don't know <gasps> if that's... <laughs> that's a sign... Or 
He says that to Sir Michael Cosby, but is he actually saying it to Sir Michael Caine? That makes me so sad. Don't do this to me. My Michael Caine rating meter <laughs> will, will be so, it will bring back so many traumatic memories. But no, like, I, that will be really sad because I do enjoy Michael Caine's acting so much. And I think that he, him having his little cameos in like Christopher Nolan's extended universe is great, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, he transcends all of them, you know? And like, I don't know. I just think I, I'm happy, I guess, that if he doesn't like return because I feel very content with his role in Tenant. But, mm-hmm. you know. I, I just am a sucker for Michael Caine. I would really like to see him more. But having said that, it doesn't seem like it would be a possibility. Yeah. What else? I mean, what else is... I think this is the thing. Mm-hmm. For Nolan, he is a very unpredictable filmmaker. Therefore, yeah. I don't think we could ever imagine what he is going to make in the future. Yeah. Do you reckon that we'll we're, have... we're heading for like another um original story or are we are we having something something like Dunkirk where it's like a historical event or or a prior existing like, I... like um intellectual property like Batman? I don't I think Christopher Nolan is at that point where he's done a franchise film, a set of franchise films, and I don't think he'll ever return to a set of franchise films. Mm-hmm. right i think he's done like and this is the thing with nolan i feel like he dabbles in a specific genre or like a specific vibe like with dunkirk is like the war film and like um i can't really describe his other films because i can't really define a genre for them um yeah. and like well, i don't nolan think he ever returns genre. like this is true i think christopher nolan is his own genre and I think he never, and because of that, he never really returns to a concept that he has done before, like or like a similar vibe of a concept that he's done before, mm-hmm. other than the time element um, in any of his other films, which is why I like him so much, because I can never be able to predict what type of film he's going to release in the future, yeah. because it will never be anything like what we've seen of him before. Yeah. I wonder um, if we'll see maybe a a documentary being made because uh, I mean this is obviously complete speculation, but um, the other short film that he made, uh, Key, which was a, a seven eight minute documentary, um, looking at the Key brothers who make these like they're sort of like a low budget Leica. They make like um, really creepy um, like stop motion animated films, and it was just like a very short look at them and I wonder if there may be a, a full like feature length um, documentary directed by Nolan on the way about Interesting. something who knows what it would be about but... I would be very interested to see something like that also shot I think... film, of course uh, Key was, so... of course of course I think um, he's gone to space he's gone inside our minds he's gone like Back in time. Yeah, he's gone the fourth (laughs) dimension. Um, Um, So my thing is, I would, I think something that I'd be interested, I'm not sure whether it would work very well, but like we're mm -hmm. talking, I would love to see something like mythology from him. mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So like talk like taking like maybe I don't know I'm just a sucker for Greek mythology and I really like Greek <laughs> mythology and like films. So my thing is like well what if you cuz I feel like there are so many interesting like things with Greek mythology that haven't really been explored right like we know the main people but like do we know what some has of the explored in Greek mythology like it's Percy Jackson and like the only one that comes to mind exactly so I feel like it's something that hasn't been explored a lot yet and I think could benefit from Nolan's time aspect of it you know and like I would love to see that's just a personal thing I don't think he would actually do it uh, yeah, but yeah. I would love to see I would love to see something Greek mythology Nolan time snowy mountains Michael Caine what about you (laughs) yes no but what would your be like your dream like type of combo um very unlikely because I mean uh especially because Nolan is is very much a, a practical effects person but I was thinking maybe um an animated feature possibly a, mm. a, like a uh, going back to stop motion maybe that would be cool but I feel as though that's very small scale and no one what definitely previously has shown very big scale haha <laughs> plane go brrr into building um, <laughs> <laughs> so again it's unlikely but I'd, I'd like to see what he would do with with animation turn animation on its head and he has done with everything else cinema. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i like that that sounds like really interesting i think i think there is ways that he could maybe make it into like a bigger spectacle but mm-hmm. um that's just his mind we have to leave it up to him we have to trust that he will make another great film <laughs> or hopefully yeah, another we'll polarizing film because i do enjoy the polarizing nature of his films mm-hmm. So I guess now we've finished talking about Nolan. Gosh, we've been talking about Nolan for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a long time, though. See, this is Nolan maybe, coming at maybe, us again. Maybe it hasn't been a long time. <laughs> maybe maybe this is just the start of our conversation. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you in two hours ago. <laughs> yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, so I guess now it's time to move on to the infamous segment of my show. It's time. <laughs> it's time. What is it time for, Kingsley? Uh, it's time for the Back the Back End. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it is recommended to the Back End. So you are very familiar with this concept. Oh. So are you ready to give me either your recommend or to the Back End first? Ooh. Um, I'll start with my recommend. Um, okay. I watched this with um, UCL Film Sock. It's from, I want to say 1989. I'm probably wrong there. Oh, get in. 1989. Uh, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Uh, Ooh. Have you, have you seen so it? So what's it about? No, I have, I've, I've heard of it because I saw it on your letterbox. So... <laughs> I would like you to tell me, like, the general premise without spoilers. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll try not to say very much, but it's basically just a, um, you follow uh, Spike Lee, director and character, uh, in a, 
uh, playing Mookie. Uh, yeah, I think that's his character's name. Uh, and it's well, how to describe it? It's sort of a a, a dissection of of um, like racism, and I think it really um, it's really poignant watching it in twenty twenty. Um, yeah, um, I'm not going to say too much more. Um, I would definitely recommend watching it. I think definitely like don't expect to be engaged right at the start it took me a while to get into it um sort of for the first half an hour I was like why are we just like jumping between all these different characters um and, and their, their stories but they um it, it comes together at, at, at sort of sort of an hour in by then i was like really like okay i care about these characters um and some stuff happens and it hurts. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, I really... I've only seen one Spike Lee film, and that's The Black Huntsman, and I really enjoyed that, so I am excited to maybe dive into more Spike Lee films because I feel like he is a super cool director, and I want to see more from him. So yeah, you've definitely got me hooked. I will definitely look into it and watch it. Um, so my recommend this week, I don't have it to the back end this week, so you're carrying the back end okay, to Kingsley. <laughs> okay, so my recommend this week is The Nice Guys. So I watched The Nice Guys quite a bit ago, but I wanted to um, talk about it in my recommend to the back end segment. Mm-hmm. It's essentially about, it's, firstly it's got Ryan Gosling in it, so tick. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> legend um and he's basically a single um father who's looking after his daughter and he's like a private investigator um and he they are essentially um looking into the death of uh this woman called misty um and it follow well he's trying to look into it um because a like a relative thought that they saw her alive and like it sparked like confusion so he she paid her to like look for um she paid him sorry to look for her um and then you have this other dude who is more of a like um not registered pi does stuff off the books um type dude russell crow and um he essentially they their paths cross because they're both investigating the same person misty and essentially they're they're trying to figure out what happened to her and it's set like in an in a time era that i really really love so i love like the Mm -hmm. vibe the 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 set design the clothing the just everything about it i love um i don't remember what time period it is though so that's bad (laughs) um and i just really really enjoyed it because i just thought ryan gosling was actually hilarious in this film and a lot of like the cuts between different scenes and like the um just the humor it really appealed to me and like normally things like that don't and i got it for mm-hmm. 99p i rented it for 99p oh, on amazon so i see it as an absolute win um and <laughs> I, oh, I just I really enjoyed it so definitely be adding that to my uh, to my watch list I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea, but I do think it was very targeted towards me. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's also very detective 
esque. So it had like a lot of that narration style that I haven't really like seen in a while about like um like narrating the detective East type. You know the old black and white like detective with the hat and like the yeah the yeah. the stereotype. It had a little bit of that in it, which I really enjoyed. Anyway, that's my recommend. Everyone go watch it. It's great. <laughs> so is it time for to the back end? It is time for to the back end. I. Uh, well, I was I was doing some thinking. Um, so, as we we may or may not have made clear, uh, me and Andisa do a a monthly watch of a film. Um, okay. Yes. And a little while a little while back, we watched um, the Adventures of Shock Boy and Lava Girl. Um, I had never <laughs> seen this film before. <laughs> I had. It's this wasn't the film that uh, is my is 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 the one that I'm talking about though. Um, now. It got me thinking about films from my childhood that I have an attachment to, but are objectively bad films. Um, and so I've got two. The first one is Spy Kids 3, or Spy Kids 3D, depending. Uh, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Spy Kids no. 3D is set in the universe of Spy Kids. Um, there is a new game out, um, and Junie... Uh, saved up all his money and then he trips and like uh, oh no he loses his money and he can't get the game boohoo but then he gets sent on a mission to rescue his sister who is stuck inside the game <laughs> I, chaos ensues it's a bad film but <laughs> um, I feel as though um, when the sort of love interest of Junie leaves my spirit animal is Junie saying I never got her email address. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, my god, animal. that's peak. That's peak. <laughs> Everything. Oh my god. <laughs> and my second okay. was the 2004 live action Thunderbirds movie. I thought oh. that this had Michael Caine in it. It doesn't have Michael Caine in it. I don't know why I thought it did. But um, it does have Ben Kingsley in it, so stealing my name, thank you. Um, <laughs> and I'm 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 bringing this up because this song uh, includes the second best song known to man. The first best song known to man is Paula Abdul's "Opposites Attract," but the second is um, <laughs> was recorded by Busted for um, for this film. It's called "Thunderbirds Are Go," and oh it's god. Anywhere I go, if I'm ever at a party, or if I've um, if I've brought my speaker with me, you will hear Thunderbirds. I'll go played at least once. Um, <laughs> I can confirm. Um, yeah, um, I, I absolutely, yeah, I've got such an attachment to that film. I used to have a little CD, uh, Sony Walkman, and I would um, like walk through town centre listening to the Thunderbird soundtrack on. <laughs> oh, my little CD Walkman is such a vibe. Um, so yeah, those those are my two. But but those why is it to the back end? They are just terrible, right? Um, <laughs> they are such bad films. Um, in terms of character, in terms of um, oh the oh, the CGI, like the CGI of is very similar to Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Like, I wanted to cry when I watched that film. Like, I genuinely wanted to cry just because of the CGI. <laughs> there is no logic in Spy Kids 3. Like, absolutely not. 
like you're in this video game and you lose lives, right? But how come you can lose like more than one life at once? Like the guy goes from like his ninety nine lives, he's got ninety nine problems, but <laughs> from like ninety nine lives down <laughs> to zero lives because he gets struck by one bolt of lightning. But like you can fall into lava and lose no life once. There's no logic. Oh gosh, also, how, how, this how sounds. Do you have 0.5 of a life. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, we move. I feel like, I feel like films like that don't just no logic. <laughs> Zero. Um, but yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't really have it to the back end. If I, um, so yeah, I guess that wraps up the recommend to the back end segment. Woo! Thank you so much for having me. This is. It's been, it's been so nice to be back. It, it's, it's been amazing to have you back. Um, I think, yeah, I definitely want you back again at some point. We should talk. We should decide. I wanted to do A24 with you. I really wanted okay. to do the A24 films. So we are definitely going to be doing that at some point. So guys, watch out for that because Speaking I really want to dissect. Second thank you for... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Terry Longley brought me the director's cut of Midsummer, which I watched, and oh boy howdy, it's even better than the regular cut. Midsummer was probably my favorite film of 2019, so um, yeah, that director's cut it just makes it even better. Oh, I mean, Thanks. what can I say? I know my friends very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. We're definitely going to do an A24 episode. Don't know when that will nice. be, but guys, stay tuned for that. Um, so I'm going to do the very important part of the episode, which is wrapping it up. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, do give the uh, podcast a subscribe. And while you're there, why don't you give it a rating and review? Five stars only. And a review would be much appreciated because like, the more reviews, the more people will be able to find the podcast. Um if you're listening on Spotify or Google Podcasts or any of the other uh, podcasting platforms, there is one person who listens on Overcast. I am so curious. There is one person that consistently w- listens on Overcast. So hello, you are getting a singled out shout out. Um, <laughs> and um, give it a follow there and like keep listening every week because I see you guys. Um And if you want to keep updated with some of the films that I'm watching on a day-to-day basis that I may not talk about in the podcast, you can follow me on my letterbox, underscore Nandita, underscore, and you can follow Kingsley there too. At Kingers. I am Kingers on Letterboxd. And if you want to keep updated with uh, some of the things um, about the podcast, so what episodes are coming out specific weeks, um, teasers for the podcast episodes, uh, maybe give suggestions for po- uh, podcast episode ideas or recommend to the back end. You can follow me on my socials at Deets with Dita on both Instagram and Twitter. And I guess, oh, I almost forgot. Didn't forget this time. The next episode next week is Spooky Week because it's Halloween week. So guess Ooh. what? I'm doing a Halloween. <laughs> I'm doing a Halloween themed episode oh my and my ha- my Halloween themed episode is going to be with the most special guest on my podcast um I'm back so again. I am <laughs> surprise Kingsley <laughs> I didn't tell you you're coming back <laughs> no this person is 
super, super, super awesome. Hasn't been on the podcast yet. And I'm super excited for our dynamic on the podcast because it's going to be interesting. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And I will see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.